Hey, what is up, you guys? This is Vivian. Welcome back to the Be The Light Academy podcast. Um, so this episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I do still intend for it to have a healing tone and message. However, we are going to be talking about and addressing what has currently been happening within the United States. Now, I am not going to be talking about my direct experiences with racism, Um, because I have the privilege of not having those experiences. And when you hear the word privilege, um, in any type of instance that is talking about racism or oppression, it is to acknowledge that I have not been through those things. I most likely never will be through those things. So I cannot understand and really speak on what that experience is like. And that's why I did not create an episode last week. Um, Because I felt that it was more important to kind of keep the platform, YouTube, all social media open for those voices who have experienced, you know, racism within the United States or just in general, um, within the black community and outside of it. And the same thing with oppression. So I wanted to leave it open. Um, and I did that so we could amplify voices within the black community and other communities that have more, more directly experienced racism and oppression. Um, I did post a couple of different, um, resources and things, um, on my Learn the Light Academy, um, community tab. And these were resources that were sent to me. My friends and family, um, students and colleagues, clients within this work directly impacted by racism and oppression within America. So I did post those and I actually posted those for another reason. It was to get people talking. I am an educator within the United States. I take my job very seriously and I understand that I have a bigger platform um, on my Learn the Light Academy YouTube channel. And I wanted to see what people um, were saying. And I wanted to see if they had further resources. Um, And right now, I am very much an active listener to those who have experienced um, racism within this country. And I think that's important for a variety of different reasons. One, because I don't have that experience and I want to know... um, you know, what individuals have gone through. I want to know so that moving forward in the future, I can do my part to make sure that this does not continue, you know. Um, Especially, I view it in the lens of an educator. You know, I am inside of a classroom with a variety of different students, with a variety of different backgrounds, and my primary goal as an educator is to educate my students with the truth and on the truth. And as an educator, I always find it very important to be educated as well, which means I can both teach, but I can also be taught. Um, And that's what I've been doing the past few weeks, is I have been open to learning and listening Um, and engaging with those who have been impacted by racism within America. Uh, But in a way where, like I said, I'm being educated, I'm being taught, um, and I have been really finding um, enlightenment within that. I have gone to protests. Um, 
it's been really challenging going to protest. Um, one, because you see how prominent something like police brutality is within this country. I will be honest, living within America, you know that police brutality is a thing. Um, it's constantly on the news. It's constantly in your face. Nobody likes to deal with law enforcement within the United States. Um, it really is a flawed system. The policing institutions within this country do need to be reinvented, um, you know, and go through a substantial, um, really, remodification. The policing institutions, they do more harm than they do justice, you know, and the same goes for our justice system within this country. Very flawed, very, very racist, very biased, very oppressive, very problematic, um, you know, and that's really reaching into our government uh, institutions and politics at this point. Um, not that those things haven't been corrupt in the past, but we are especially seeing a new level of corruption. And I will say with the Trump administration, and it made me laugh because I had a post um, on one of my community tab posts that I posted and this, this person, I don't know if it was a man or a woman, but they went off on me just like it was disgusting. How dare I for calling out the Trump administration and the post that they were referencing was actually something that I put up for my community because, um, as a white person with privilege, I have, I can speak up. When I see misconduct happening, I can speak up. I can call people out on their misconduct. And I knew that that was going to happen within my family. My family is, you know, typical white, privileged, bigots, and racists. You know, they exist within my family. Um, and I posted something to all of my personal social media basically saying, like, if this is who you're going to be, I don't want to be a part of it. By the way, you are a part of the problem if you are being racist or you're being silent or you're not speaking up during this time, you know, and if you don't like it, you can, you can remove me. It's mutual, you know, so I've disassociated with a lot of people from my own life um, recently. And part of that reason is because that some of these people within my family who don't support what's happening currently have black spouses and black children and black grandchildren. And there is just something really gross um, about, you know, individuals who are linked to those directly impacted by this moment not supporting, you know, what is happening. So I had no problem disassociating, disconnecting, and calling, you know, the individuals... Um, who were exhibiting racism and misconduct out within my family. And I posted what I had put on my social media, which was way more eloquent in the community tab, um, just in case others were being called to do this exact same thing. And that is the post that got the most traction. I figured that it would. I wrote it from a place of channeling, you know, channeling a message. So putting intuitive healing into it. And I was like, okay, if I post anything that's going to gain some traction, it's going to be this. Um, and it was, you know. Um, 
which, which was good. And, um, I wanted to do that because I wanted people to, to get to talking, you know, I want to be educated. Um, but like I said, this one person just totally went off on me, just like, I am disgusting. And, um, my favorite comment was I was, I had the projections of a poor woman, uh, (laughs) you know, um, calling out Donald Trump, who is not good for humanity. He is a narcissist. He is not a good person. He's problematic. And if you disagree with me, I'm sorry. But he is not aligned to light and love. He's not bringing this world closer closer to any type of um, greater good or growth. He's regressing us. Um, and this person was like, oh, you're pinning it all on the Trump administration, you know, and and I'm like, I'm not pinning all of it on the Trump administration, but I think his administration is a direct manifestation of everything that's wrong within America, (laughs) you know, and really the world in general. Um, And the history books, you know, when they're written 50 years from now, are going to write about Donald Trump like they write about any narcissistic, power-hungry, power-abusive dictator. That's how they're going to write about him. And this is how I view the lens, you know, of what's happening with the Black Lives Matter movement. You're either on the right side of history or you're not in this instance. You're on the right side of humanity or you're not. You're on the right side of growth or you're not. And if you're not, you have two options. You can figure out how to get on the right side, how to align to the truth, or you can go and silence yourself. That's the truth. Um, and I think that it's very interesting because the people, the people on the wrong side, on the, on the darker side, you know, on the shadow side, are trying to silence those on the right side, on the side of truth, on the light side. But really, they need to be silenced. And they will. I feel that intuitively. What's happening right now is shifting the ways of humanity. Because me, everybody else, especially those within the black community and any any other oppressed community within the United States, does not want to be continuing to live, and I said it in the post, grow old in a world where black lives don't matter, where the life of any individual with any kind of difference doesn't matter. I don't want to be in that world. I don't want my students to be in that world. I don't want my future children when they come into this world to be in that world. I don't want strangers to be in that world. I don't want all of humanity to be in that world. It's a, it's a sad, sad world. And, um, you know, uh, I know that we are going to get through this though, but we need to continue to be proactive. Um, it makes me think of some posts that I have been seeing lately, um, which is talking about active allyship and performative allyship. And this is very true. If you are a part of any movement, you need to be making sure that you're being active, that you are going to protest, that you are donating, that you are signing petitions, that you are reading, you know, 
and you are engaging with resources such as articles, um, books, podcasts, documentaries, seminars, speeches, anything like that, that is active allyship. It's performative allyship is I'm going to post a couple social media posts. Uh, I'm going to be connected to the brand, quote unquote brand. Um, I'm going to be a part of the movement because it's a now thing and I'm going to interpret it as a fad than what it really is, which is a call for change. And um, I'm not really going to do anything other than that. I'm going to be a part of the moment, but I'm not going to be within the moment. And that's the difference. So a part of me being a part of active allyship was putting these posts up um, and getting people to talk and educating myself. And I do take my job very seriously as an educator. So anything that I'm learning now, whether it be when I'm at protests listening and um, proactively engaging or I'm on social media reading what people are posting or I am reading something or listening to something or watching something, all of this I am internalizing. I am working to reflect on, working to understand And eventually, hopefully, I can pass on that truth, you know, within the classroom setting. I don't say that education is important only because I am an educator. I know, though, as an educator, it is the soundboard to a lot of individuals' first experience with their understanding of the world. Um, They go to school and they get their first taste of of the world. But again, it's through a lens a lot of the time. You'll hear something in America where they talk about curriculum or common core, right? And why a lot of teachers hate the common core, especially when it comes to things like history and literature, is because you are encouraged and promoted and really prompted to regurgitate a certain narrative that, you know, the Common Core has set into place, really the institutions within America have set into place. Um, So when it comes to things like learning about racism within the classroom, what you're going to see a lot of the time are mistruths or half-truths. You're not going to get the full truth. And if you're a good educator, you know that and you see that and you educate yourself so that you can walk into the classroom and be teaching you know, the truth, so your students can walk forward understanding the truth of the matter of something like racism within America and oppression, you know, of other groups um, within, you know, the American collective and really the world collective. Uh, Part of this episode is going to be me asking you guys to engage if you want, um, whether it's the good or the challenging all right, even even the bad, all right, <laughs> just like that um, other person who, you know, basically wanted to chew my ass out about Donald Trump. Um, but I want to have an audience that engages if you guys are comfortable, 
doing that in the comments um, of the companion video of this podcast episode. So if you're listening to this on Anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever podcasting platform, you can head over to my Be The Light Academy YouTube channel and go to the companion video of this episode, which will literally be titled the same thing, and leave um, your comment underneath that video. Um, And I'm hoping that some of you guys will engage. Um, Or if you're not comfortable engaging, you know, just email me at learnlightacademy at gmail.com or on my website, bethelightacademy.com. Under the request a booking tab, there'll be a text box. You can just type in, you know, your experiences and whatnot there. But um, part of you guys engaging helps me, again, to educate myself. Um, It does help me to better understand, and it also helps me to acquire resources that I can take into the classroom, all right? As an educator, resources are key and power to being a good educator, um, and I, I seek out resources, especially when it comes to um, experiences only experienced by certain groups. I seek out those groups, those people, those individuals. And I say, what's your experience? And do you have any resources? And these resources could be, again, a book, an article, a movie, a TV show, a podcast, a YouTube video, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, But I do collect these things, I acquire them. And trust me, I most definitely do work them into my teaching plans. Uh, And this doesn't have to only be the experiences of the black community. You know, I want to hear anybody who feels like they've been oppressed within America, a part of any group. Okay. Um, I will be honest. I have a lot of privilege. There are not many things that I have experienced um, that are filled with trauma and anger and violence and turmoil and sadness uh, within my life that literally come from come from this country's belief systems and lifestyle and uh you know the problematic morality of this country i have not experienced um much of anything of that nature have i seen racism yes you know do i know that it's in this country Absolutely. Um, one, one, um, one act of racism and just violence and brutality that still gets me to this day is um, not only the Rodney King um, beating in the 90s, but really Trayvon Martin. I mean, that when that happened, that like messed me up. Um, and, and uh, I was still young, but old enough where I was starting to realize, yeah, this is a problem. Really, Ferguson four years ago, I mean, when they left that young man's body just sitting out there shot, I was, it's those things that you can't unsee. And I don't know how change hasn't happened sooner when it comes to this issue. Um, Everything within America has a racial undertone to it. 
most instances have some sort of racial undertone to it or some type of oppressive nature, even if it's just dialogue, you know, it just seems to be there. And it's appalling and it's exhausting and um, it's disgusting, to be honest. And I'm tired of it. And I think most people at this point are tired of it. Um, uh, Especially the policing within this country. That alone is also an exhausting... um, It's just exhausting. You know, police brutality is very frequent within this country. It's always in the news. It's something that you know happens. You know, it had me thinking, um, about five or six years ago, um, I was driving one of my dad's vehicles, um, and he forgot to get the plates updated, right? Which is not good, but I remember I was pulled over and it was like the police were using their like speaker thing and You know, they were like, pull over, pull over. And it was really confusing and disorienting. Um, But I will be real in that moment. I wasn't worried. I pulled over. They came up. They pulled me over. There were like three police cars. They came up to my car. Um, And the guy was, you know, aggressive. But I mean, honestly, I'm sure he saw that I was you know, some young white girl, and he's like, whatever. If that would have been anybody else, if that would have been a person of the black community, of any type of minority community, you know, I I think it would have been a different outcome. And I was thinking about that recently. I was thinking about that moment. Um, And that's privilege, you know. I would have never been grabbed from my car, thrown to the ground, you know, sat on top of, strangled. Um, And, you know, that's privilege. That's privilege within this country. Uh, You know, and I realize how disgusting that is, you know, and it's upsetting. When I saw that video, you know, of the murder of George Floyd, I mean... It was inhuman. It is brutality. And um, it made me think, um, uh, I don't even know. I don't even know what to think. It just, it was so bothersome. I watched this video by Caroline Mace. um, And she had, she's one of my favorite spiritual teachers. um, But she had an interesting... um, kind of like spiritual take on the moment and she was like you know the the officer was on top of his his neck like his throat chakra right the chakra of you know you think expression and and you speak your will and that sort of thing you know and she said he would not let that man you know speak his will and he disregarded his will and he disregarded um, basically his voice and, and his humanity and his expression of his self, you know, which part of that is the color of his skin. 
And I was thinking about it and I was like, wow, that is true. I mean, that is what happened. And I think the black community has every right to be angry, every right to be upset right now, every right to speak up, every right to, you know, be within their power, be within their willpower and um, express themselves whatever way that looks like, you know, that's healing and that's authenticity and that's truth. And the fact that this country in particular demeans and diminishes and um, also dictates and really hold, holds down other individuals of other groups is problematic, you know. Uh, America, to me, is not progressive. It never has been, not at least within my lifetime. It's always been highly regressive, Um you know, it just has. And I think a lot of people view America as this way. It's, it's not a superpower. It's, it's, um, it's a problematic type of power. And I think that's why the world was marching and protesting um, with America. Because even the world can see that this is not the way. And this is a problem. And I think it also gave courage to a lot of countries where there is also oppression and things like that to also speak up and continue to protest and continue or begin to, you know, challenge um, certain injustices within their own countries, racism being one of them. You know, I know that racism is not just prevalent within the United States. I know that it's within a lot of other places, too. Oppression is within a lot of other places, too. Um, it's just disappointing when you're seeing it within your own country. So I've tried to be an ally for the Black Lives Matter movement as best as I possibly can. Um, this is not the only movement that I have been an active ally for, that I have um, wanted to be a part of. Uh, a couple of the other ones that I'm a part of is um, obviously women's rights because I am a woman living within the United States. You know, I've been very proactive in that. I was a part of the Women's March in 20, um, 2018, was that, or 2016? God, I can't, rem can't remember now. It feels like so long ago. Um, another um, movement that I have been really proactive in is the movement on gun reform. Um, as an educator, this is something that I'm very proactive and I'm a very proactive ally in um, because there are school shootings at the elementary level, the secondary level, and the university level within the United States. Um, when the school shooting happened two years ago in 2018 at the high school in Florida, um, I did everything that I could to be a part of that movement, you know, to be a part of the Children's March on Gun Reform. And in that, in that instance, I got my students directly involved as well, whether it was just through education and resources or petitions or donating or going to protests. You know, I was very much engaging with them um, and helping them to, um, you know, be a proactive part of that movement as well. Um, and the same thing has happened 
with the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, in this instance, like I said earlier, I've more been listening and educating myself, though, as well. Um, And any resources that have been sent to me are from individuals within the Black community that have been directly impacted, you know, by this moment. Um, You know, so I have been trying to spread awareness and give those resources to my students, too. And, um, you know, I... I, especially being an educator, I, I tell all of my students to be a part of change, you know, be a part of change, be a part of progression, you know, do not choose the side of regression. And there is an obvious side of regression and people know when they're for the side of regression, people know that doesn't mean that they're going to admit to it, but they all know. There's a side of truth and there's a side that is not. So anybody in this moment who is not supporting the moment, they know. They know they're not on the right side. Um, why they're choosing to stay on the on the wrong side, I don't know. You know, um, that's something that only they can answer to themselves and their and their God, right? Uh, and they will trust me. at the end of the day um you know souls learn lessons souls also acquire karma good and challenging um and souls leave this earth with with that karma um and you know those souls will leave this earth with that karma to not be on the side of humanity to not be on the side of lives that are oppressed and that are in danger, and that have been beaten and killed and raped and destroyed for centuries, um, those souls will be made to answer um, in whatever way that looks like, you know. And that's not to like, that's not to be like scary and ominous, like that's the truth. If you do energetic work, if you do soul work, that is a truth that you know it is it's a truth that you know um so i have resources in the companion um video of this episode that will be listed down below for you guys like i said resources are power and they're key to your education to your growth um to learning and expanding your awareness and yourself Uh, So please do check them out. Like I said, they are resources that I have been given um, by those directly impacted within this moment. Um, I want to talk really quickly about my uh, great-grandma Ruby. Um, And this goes directly into the idea of privilege and allyship. Because this is something that I learned from her. My great-grandma Ruby was an amazing woman. She was very interesting. She was very ahead of her time. Um, She taught me a lot, honestly, about healing and spirituality. Um, And I'll never forget that as a child. But my great-grandma Ruby was half Native American. And the other half of her was Irish. And I remember when I was a little girl, she told me... um, you're never going to understand the experience that I have. 
And I was like, why? You know, because I'm a child. And she's like, well, because you're white. She's like, but you can always be a supporting part of someone's movement of change but you can only be that way if you are going to be proactive if you are going to be willing to learn and you are going to be willing to listen even if it's challenging even if it's painful even if someone is angry at you even if you don't understand it's the fact that you're willing to be open and you are willing to listen and you are willing to learn and that is what is being a supporter for a cause is or someone's suffering and the changing of that into healing is um and my grandma ruby was very proactive um in movements to keep indian reservations preserved um and you know i think in this moment with the current movement happening if she was still around, I think she would be very excited to see this change happening. Um, my grandma experienced racism as more so a young person, and she would tell us. Um, I remember one story that really sticks out to me is that when she was a young woman, my grandma had red hair <laughs> and blue eyes, but she had brown skin. And people within her community would tell her, oh, you're so beautiful, but if only, if only you had the white skin, you know, and the dark hair and the dark eyes. Now that, now that would be perfect, you know. And they told her that. And her own father told her things like that, um, which I also think is really messed up. Her father was not a good guy. Um, he was definitely oppressive and, um, my great grandmother describes her parents' relationship as, um, a power dynamic. You know, her mother was very subservient, um, not necessarily by choice though. Um, you know, my grandma Ruby always used to say she didn't, she didn't know how to, how to be otherwise you know she was taught from years of her own oppression basically and repression to be subservient um especially when it came to white men and white individuals uh so that always stuck out to me another thing that sticks out to me this is coming more so from my dad's side um, my grandfather that just passed away this year, he was Italian and he was first generation Italian. Um, and he would tell me stories about when he would be out with his parents who were immigrants and the, you know, they, they spoke English, but you know, not well because it wasn't their native language. Um, and he said that when he was a young man and he would be out with them, that he would get comments like, you know, we speak English. We speak English in this country, or we speak American in this country, which is the dumbest comment because American isn't a language. English is a language. I hate when people say that shit. We speak American. Oh, well, guess what, dumbass? American isn't a language. <laughs> so go fuck yourself, right? But he, 
<laughs> but he said he would experience things like that or people saying go back to your country. You know, that is something that has been happening within this country as well for many years. Um, and he told me actually something very similar to what my grandmother said, you know, is he was like, you will never have to experience this because, um, you know, you are privileged and people will not see you as not being from this country, you know? Uh, and that's true. That's how my life has gone. I have privilege. I have what they say when they're talking about privilege. I have not experienced oppression for my skin color, for my ethnicity, for my culture, um, for, really for my gender even, you know, I haven't experienced it. Um, and I'm very, very aware of that. And I think that people need to be willing to admit that if you have privilege, you need to be willing to admit it. Um, and one thing that I really hate about white people, even within this moment is that they, some of them are, yes, a part of the protests, trying to be a part of the movements, but they're not taking the time to listen and be educated. They're doing that thing that privileged white people do is as privileged white people, they talk about things that they don't understand, but that they think they have an opinion on, and then they talk about it with other privileged white people instead of taking the time to educate themselves and to actually listen and to actually be taught. You know, so if you are listening and you are privile privileged within this country and you are especially are white, you can be a part of the dialogue, but in a way where you are listening and you are willing to be taught and you are willing to be educated. Because in this moment, that's what needs to be done. Because white people have been the creators of oppression and we're a big part of we're a big part of ending it. You know, because we have to be willing to admit that we've created it. And I'm not saying that those of you listening have directly created oppression, but trust me, like, we've all played into it in some way. Even if it's just by not acknowledging our privilege. So we need to start doing that. You know, it's time. It's time. Let's do it. Um, now, as an educator and to see something like the policing institution within this country begin to um, see drastic changes ahead of it. It makes me very hopeful for things like gun reform, um, which, like I said, I'm very proactive within that movement. Um, you know, so I'm hoping that if something like the policing institutions begin to change within this country, then we can finally start seeing also, you know, some change on gun reform. Um, my worst nightmare as an educator, is to have to deal with a school shooting. And it was one of the things that had me really questioning about being an educator initially, because I was like, I don't know, like, am I ever going to deal with this? It's very, it's something very prevalent, um, you know, within this country, doesn't happen all the time, a lot less than police brutality, and, and the murder of those individuals in the black community. 
I will say that. So it's it's really not the most important thing within this moment, but I know that it's also if we are questioning and potentially defunding the policing institutions and units within this country, then I know that we're on the right step to then, you know, making just this country safer for all of its individuals. Um, and also as an educator, and then I'll wrap up. This is the last thing where it's like, um, the discrepancies within school districts, um, the funding within school districts. It is very true that, uh, urban school districts within cities are not, are not funded properly. They're not taken care of as much. Um, they are very much neglected and, that's horrifying because you look at suburban schools and metro schools and even some rural schools, um, they're funded better. Education is taken more seriously and students are given the opportunity to learn. Um, and that's something else that I'm really passionate about as a teacher, but it's very hard to be a part of movements for that because talk about a systemic problem, it's within the education systems. Um, it is at the federal level too. So I am very much active within my teacher's union and um, donating to districts and doing fundraisers for districts, um, especially those that are urban-based, you know. Um, I think it's funny because suburban schools bitch about not having funding. Well, they can still get by. They're still going to have good resources. It really is the urban um, school districts that really get boned um, and neglected and left out. So that's it, you guys. Um, I hope it was helpful in some way this episode. Um, please do educate me, like I said, with your experiences. Leave a comment, you know, in the companion YouTube video of this episode. Or if you don't feel comfortable with that, you can just email me, learnlightacademy at gmail.com, or uh, write it out in my request a booking tab. If it makes you choose a service, just choose any service. I'll know if that, I'll know if you're um, just contacting me with an experience. And I also have those several um, community tab posts on Learn the Light, on my Learn the Light Academy YouTube channel. So you can also go and read those and comment on those. And like I said, it's the good and the challenging, you know, like don't be afraid to hold back there. It's to get people to talk. Um, now I do want people to be respectful. I will monitor, um, there was one comment on the post that I talked about earlier that someone deleted. I'm sure it was the person who created, um, the comment, <laughs> but just know that if something is horrifically inappropriate, uh, meaning that there is racism involved in bigotry or oppression, I am going to delete it, um, because I don't care. <laughs> this is, um... Uh, this is a place for those directly impacted to go and share their experience, you know. And I'm certain that I'm not going to have to have those comments, I hope, with all my heart. But if we do, then I am going to delete them. Um, and I'm telling 
those of you listening who I know are good souls that ahead of time because, you know, let's weed out the gross. <laughs> um, anyways, rambling. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Keep being active allies, all right? Um, and and register to vote. If you live in this country, please, for the love of God, register to vote. That is going to be a link that I also have in the description of the YouTube video. I understand that it is a common sentiment that voting doesn't matter within America. But trust me, it matters who you vote for. There's always, there is always going to be political, governmental issues. I get it, you guys. There's always going to be. Or at least within our within our lifetimes. However, there is always a clear right and a clear wrong. So please do vote. It matters. It matters. So let's choose our representatives wisely, you guys, um, for the progression of the United States. All right, you guys, that's it. Keep learning to live from the light. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.